Welcome to the Talking Total Farmer Health Podcast from AgriSafe Network at AgriSafe. We work to protect the people that feed the world by supporting the health and safety professionals, ensuring access to preventative services for farm families and the agriculture community. Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Carrie Portell, and today we are going to talk about youth safety in ag. Now, this is a broad topic, and it's one that is important year-round. So we're going to start off by talking to Chris Shivers, who will talk about two youth safety programs that they have in Mississippi. And then we will end by talking to Marsha Saltzweedle, who will give us a comprehensive overview of important health and safety topics for youth in ag. All right, so let's get started. Chris, thank you for joining us on the Talking Total Farmer Health podcast. Can you go ahead and introduce yourself to our audience, please? I'm from Hattiesburg, Mississippi. I grew up in a small town called Columbia. Been with Farm Bureau about 24 years and worked in the ag and safety field for 17 as a safety specialist with Mississippi Farm Bureau. And a few years ago, I got asked to come over to regional manager spot, which we manage uh, county activities and help our farmers do what they need to do. And I am the past president of uh, International Society for Ag Safety and Health. 2013 and 14. Wow. So could you maybe tell us a bit about some youth health and safety practices in your state? In South Mississippi, we do a lot of the farm safety days, educating our mostly fifth graders throughout my region about health and safety and and just agriculture in general. This generation is growing up now, you know, this probably fourth generation removed from the farm and them learning about agriculture and learning about where their food comes from is, is a big importance. Another thing is you've got these kids that grandma and grandpa have a farm and mom and daddy work in other jobs and dad gets a tractor out there to do some stuff mowing and and trying to educate them about that piece of machinery how you know the dangers that are involved and how they can get hurt and you know just ways to be careful out there on the farm. Yes that is so important. It's not just kids who live on the farm that need to learn safety but it's any kid in the community who might live around farms and agriculture, whether it's about safety in a work zone or around machinery or around livestock. You know, we have a lot of cattle in our area and kids are showing a little more. That's where a lot of our kids get involved with with livestock is through the FFA and 4-H livestock shows. And they're out, you know, learning about cattle there. And it's not a big majority of our area that has, but there's a lot of, you know, mom and pop operations that may have 10 or 15 head, you know, because grandpa had it, dad's got it. So we've got some out there. And then these other kids, it's just they've gotten involved in uh, 4-H. And so they've started showing and then learning the safety with that. You know, in rural Mississippi, a lot of everybody's got a four-wheeler or a utility vehicle or side-by-side. That's, that's where a lot of our – we have a lot of injuries occur there. A lot of the kids think it's not going to happen to me. It can't happen. I can give you some experiences from my life and, you know, other people that I grew up with, you know, known through Farm Bureau that it just, just something weird happened and it, it cost them their life or they got injured real bad and, you know, changed their lives forever. Right. It's really important to share our stories so that they understand the need for safety and that it truly can happen to anyone at any time. Are there any other practices or programs that you would like to mention? One thing that we started several years ago was what we call a fatal vision program to educate youth about the hazards of drinking and driving. And we implemented the texting and driving involved in it. And we kind of borrowed this program from Arkansas where they had some go-karts and they did some work there. And we decided to go with the 
golf cart. We ride with the students, which was sometimes a challenging event. They would put on these goggles that would simulate being intoxicated 0.08 to 0.10, where in Mississippi it's 0.08. You know, we'd go through the, you know, some of the legal consequences that, that could be involved in drinking and driving. And we'd go to the schools and, you know, we'd ride with the students through the course and just trying to educate them about that, those hazards and how it affects them when they do drive. Because a lot of these kids think, I mean, I'm, I'm 15, 16 years old. You know, I'm 16. I just got my license. I can, you know, I'm bulletproof and I can do. And that's that's the most dangerous time that lives driving-wise. That they're just learning and there's just a lot of things out there to grasp. Oh, yes, definitely. And while drinking and driving is already dangerous, drinking and driving while underage is even more dangerous. Well, you know, I think a lot of time it's, it's boredom. It's easy access to stuff. And, hey, nothing's going to happen. I can ride these roads back here. It's straight. You know, it's this to here, this to here. And you know, when you start getting speed involved and lack of experience, it all piles up with then you throw alcohol in. It's, it's a tough result a lot of times. Yes, younger brains aren't quite there yet when it comes to risk assessment. And then when you add alcohol into the mix, it's a real combination that can create disaster. Well, it seems like Fatal Vision is truly a worthwhile program to consider adapting into other states, if they haven't already, in order to keep our youth safe and aware. Chris, I appreciate that you took the time to share with us today. Appreciate y'all having me today, and uh, thank y'all for what y'all do. All right. Thank you again, Chris, for talking to us and getting our toes wet with youth safety. Now, let's go ahead and move on to our next guest, Marsha, who will paint the rest of the picture for youth safety and ag. All right, Marsha, thank you for joining us today on the Talking Total Farmer Health podcast. I'm just going to let you go ahead and start off by introducing yourself and maybe how you kind of got into this atmosphere. Okay, thank you. Well, um, my name is Marsha Saltzweedle, and I am a project scientist and a youth agricultural safety specialist at the National Children's Center in Marshfield, Wisconsin. I grew up on a farm and loved every moment of it. It was fantastic growing up that way. Lots of great memories, lots of great friendships. So when I saw a job opening at the National Farm Medicine Center in Marshfield, which the National Children's Center is a part of, it kind of felt like a really good fit for me because I loved growing up on the farm and I can't think of anything that's more precious to any families, but especially farm families than their children. And so the opportunity to be able to work to help protect those kids was just an opportunity that was too good to miss. Yeah, I I can totally attest to that. You know, anytime you hear of some kind of tragedy happening and it's a child involved, like the entire community's heart just breaks. What is the current setting for youth health and safety in ag right now? Currently, what we're looking at, what the latest numbers are telling us is that about every three days, a child dies in an agriculture-related incident. Some of these kids are working, some of these kids are not working. We also know that more youth die working in agriculture than all other industries combined. As far as injuries go, we know that every day in the United States, about 33 children are seriously injured. Now, when we're talking seriously injured, we're talking that if they were adults, they would be off of work because they were injured so seriously. So, we're not talking talking about falling down and scraping their knees. So yeah, it is it is a serious problem here in the United States, as it is around most of the world. I know our audience's mind is going to be blown by those statistics because mine just was. I had no idea one in three. I mean, that's one every three days, I think is what you said. Mm-hmm. That is mm-hmm. way, way in left field from what I thought. You know, and 
it was for me too when I started at the at the farm center. I had no idea. Grew up on a farm. We had some some bad experiences there. I have a cousin that got pulled into the hay baler up to his shoulder when he reached for a broken bale at one point. Um, I had a, a younger brother who was run over by a hay wagon at one point, and we just thought we were unlucky. You know, we just thought that it was just this really weird thing that had happened. I had no idea this was as common as it is. When I'm sitting here thinking about all the risk factors for youth that are living around ag productions, what are those main risk factors that we need to watch out for? In a little bit of a way, it depends upon the age of the child and what the child is doing. So we know that agriculture is one of the most dangerous work sites in the country. We also know it's the only work site in the United States where children of any age can be present. Because of that, we are dealing with young children in the work site and injuries to the young children. One of the biggest issues we deal with with non-working children is tractors and other machinery. And one of the biggest issues is that people like to give kids rides on tractors or they'll take them along in the combine with them. And unfortunately, tractors and machinery are leading causes of both fatalities and of injuries on the farm site, both for non-working children and for working youth as well. Drowning is also another issue that we deal with as far as fatalities go. And when we're talking about drowning on farms, it's not just the traditional creeks or irrigation ponds or things like that. We also have to think about things like manure pits. And one of the other things that sometimes falls in those statistics is grain. So if you get engulfed in grain, that can cause suffocation, which in a lot of places they classify that as drowning. And of course, we can't forget about animals either. Animals are another leading cause of injuries on farms. I know that there is plenty of people listening right now that as soon as you said the giving rides on tractors, our minds went back to when we were children and nobody had a cab tractor at that point. And you sat on the toolbox or the fender of the tractor. And today we're thinking, how did nothing ever go wrong? You know, and of course, there are a few stories out there that you've heard of, you know, in your community, but you're thinking, how many times did we do that? Brush hogging, doing hay, right? You know, all that stuff and nothing happened. I mean, it's just, it's a godsend that nothing happened to us at that point. Never, ever would I do that today. Well, and it's interesting that you say that because, you know, I I mentioned earlier about my brother that fell off of the wagon and got run over by it. And so when you really think back on it, those things did happen back then. Might not have happened specifically on your farm, but it did happen back then. The difference is, is many years ago, we didn't have social media. Things didn't make the news like they did now. And so word didn't travel like it does now. So those incidents and those things were happening back then. It's just that people weren't as aware of it because we had different means of communication back then. And so word didn't travel as fast as what it does now. It's funny when you say that because when you talk to people and you ask them about accidents on the farm. And people will say, oh, well, that never happened to us, or I don't know anybody that happened to. And then when you start sharing a story or somebody brings up an incident, all of a sudden people will start going, oh, yeah, oh, I remember a story like that, or I know somebody that happened to. And when the stories start flowing, then all of a sudden people start remembering those incidents. But their first impression is, is, oh, nothing like that ever happened to us, or I don't know anybody 
But when you start talking, then those memories start coming back. Yeah, how very true. Kind of gets triggered. All right. Well, we are going to take a quick break and then we will continue talking with Marsha. Calling all ag educators. Do you teach youth between the ages of 14 and 23 that work on a farm or a ranch? Check out AgriSafe's Invest in Your Health curriculum. Our six trained modules cover some of the most common agricultural hazards such as hearing protection, PPE, heat-related illness, zoonosis, hazard mapping, and mental health. Educators can be trained on AgriSafe's curriculum and then utilize the training materials for their own classroom. Join AgriSafe as we work to train the next generation of producers to keep safety a priority. Visit www.agrisafe.org slash IYH today to learn more and sign up for training. So do you have any suggestions for us who own farms to make the farms and operations a little bit safer for youth? Uh, Absolutely. And again, you know, the strategies are going to be a little bit different if you're talking about the younger children versus you're talking about working youth. For younger children, one of the key strategies that we have is simply to keep them out of the farm work site. So if you can get those kids into childcare, if you can get those children into safe play areas that are fenced off from those work sites, if they can be watched in the house by a caregiver and just get them out of that work site, if they're not in the work site, then they're not around equipment. You know, you're not giving them rides on equipment. They're not by those animals. They're not by those farm ponds. If we keep them out of that work site, then we're, t- we're removing them from those hazards. Now, when we talk about older children, some of the main cause of injuries for our working youth are youth that are doing jobs that don't match their abilities. And I remember this growing up. I remember my parents had us convinced that we were smarter and we were faster and we were stronger than other kids our age because farm kids were just better. And to a point today, I think that I still believe that to a certain point. But I do know that the studies have shown us that parents do tend to overestimate the abilities of their children. And so if you can actually assess what a child is able to do, not just physically, but also mentally and cognitively, if you can actually match that child's ability to that task and sign work that's appropriate for their abilities, we know that we can reduce injuries by over half of our working youth just by doing that. Wow. And so that is a lot. And we have work guidelines that can help you to do that for over 50 different tasks. But then the other strategy that we also recommend, whether we're talking about young children or even working youth, is good supervision and good rule setting. You know, there has to be guidelines, there has to be rules, and they have to be supervised in these environments. Yeah, I know that there's a lot of farmers out there that you're always short on help, always. And I know like being put in the truck or on the tractor at six years old and you put it down in low and you say, just drive in a straight line, you know, as you're pulling the hay wagon, many of us are going to raise our hand and saying, yep, that's how we started. <laughs> no, but I think that's going to come to a lot of people's minds as well. And you think about it six years old and it's same thing. I have the same mentality that I grew up with and many around me that farm kids, they just they're exposed to more, they do more, there's more responsibility on the shoulders because it's just expected the whole family gets involved. Sure. 
Can I back up for just a minute and address one thing that you just said? One of the things that I do want to just mention, because you brought up a really good point when you talked about what we used to do when we were six years old and what we used to do when we were kids. And as I mentioned previously, you know, I wasn't aware of all of the hazards back then. And some of the stuff when my parents would let us do something, we just did it. But we know what those hazards are now. So we certainly don't promote kids at six years old operating a tractor that is obviously way too young or even giving them rides on the tractor. You know, those children can't reach those pedals. And and even if they could, they couldn't repeatedly have the strength to repeatedly push those pedals in. So it's all about operating things safely. And those children way back when we were kids, and I'm sorry, I'm not implying that we're that old, even if I am, but even way back when I was a kid, those accidents did happen. Those kids did get injured in those incidents. It's just like I said, the word of mouth wasn't there. So I just wanted to kind of caveat that a little bit. We try to encourage people not to promote younger kids working on things. And if you see it, like on social media, we had an instance a little while back where somebody had some information on social media and they showed a young child on a Z-turn lawnmower. And they're like, yes, you know, she's very, very young, but she can, you know, operate this and I'm so proud of her. And then it almost seemed like it was a race of the parents to post about how young their children were able to do these different tasks. And that type of behavior actually encourages people to put young children onto this equipment. It almost sets, it makes it appear like the norm is to do that. And so we always suggest that when people see stuff like that, that maybe you can just go out and say, hey, go out and take a look at the Egg Youth Work Guidelines out on our CultivateSafety.org website and see if you can match that child's abilities with that job that they're doing. But if you see these types of things where they're promoting unsafe behaviors, we always ask people to speak up. You know, you don't always have to to say that it's a bad behavior, but you could at least suggest a positive alternative. Yeah, those are super important points to bring up and just kind of bring to the forefront that it's reality. And when something happens, it happens at the least expected time to the best intentioned people. Now, if any of them, any of the farmers want to go online or get a hold of some national resources, maybe to look for guidance or extra education, is there any suggestions on where they can go for that? Absolutely. We actually have a full website that is designed for farm parents and farm supervisors, and it has safety information both on keeping children and youth safe and actually some adult safety as well on the farm. And that's at cultivatesafety.com. Org. And the other thing I wanted to mention about that website is there is a page on there that introduces a variety of different safety tools. And some of those tools are great for inspecting the farm and helping you to identify hazards. And other ones are just some videos and things that can teach you about what some of those hazards are and how to address them. So I'd strongly encourage you to just go out and and just look around the website. There's a lot of really great information and some really fun activities on there as well. That's great. What would you say are the top areas that we should focus on to increase safety and wellness for youth living around ag? Well, to address the two biggest or to employ, I guess would be a better way to put it, to employ the two 
best strategies for protecting our children and youth on the farms is for the non-working children, the young children, just keep them out of that work site. Don't give them rides on tractors. Don't take them into the pen when you're working with animals with you. Just simply keep them out of the work site. And for the older youth that are working, just make sure that you assess what their abilities are and you match their abilities to the tasks that they're doing. And if we can do those two things, we could greatly reduce the number of fatalities and injuries on farms and ranches. That is wonderful. We have gotten a wealth of knowledge today. Is there any other key points that you would like to make to our audience before we end today? I would just once again encourage them to go ahead out to the CultivateSafety.org website when they have a chance. They're also welcome to contact us with any questions or any requests for resources or anything that they might want. We're always happy to help in any way we can. That's fantastic. We here at AgriSafety are all about safety, obviously, with you know within our name. So we we love to promote good, healthy, safe tactics for our audience, and that is our main goal: is just keep farmers employed, but let's have them do it in a safe and efficient way. So, Marsha, we really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to join us today and and just give us your knowledge that you have and share with our audience. Thank you so much for being a guest on the Talking Total Farmer Health podcast. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Well, thank you so much again to Chris Shivers and Marsha Saltzweedle for joining us today. And thanks to our listeners for joining us for another episode of Talking Total Farmer Health. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to hear more from AgriSafe on the health and safety issues impacting our agricultural workers. To see more from AgriSafe, including webinars and our newsletter, visit www.agrisafe.org. This episode was created by the AgriSafe Network, script arranged by Laura Siegel, hosted by Carrie Portell, edited by Joel Sharpton, with special guests Chris Shivers and Marsha Saltzweedle.